have lots of research and evidence to show that uh, certain diets can definitely help impact your health, um, to reduce disease risk, as, as well as cancer. This is a James Cancer Free World podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today our guest is Candace Schreiber. Candace is a dietitian here at the James. She's an expert on healthy eating and how your diet can impact and help your immune system. And she's also an expert on the connection between nutrition and cancer. Nutrition is always a hot topic, and there's a lot of ground to cover, and there's a lot of bad information out there that we need to debunk. So today on our podcast, I'm going to play 20 questions with Can- with Candace, although I think I might have more than 20. Welcome, Candace. Are, are you ready? I am. Thank okay. you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. And we're going to start with the big question, one that a lot of people want to know. Does eating a healthy diet prevent or reduce your risk of cancer? Yes, it does. We have lots of research and evidence to show that uh, certain diets can definitely help impact your health, um, to reduce disease risk, as, as well as cancer. And it all goes to your immune system? Um, not everything. Or- um, I mean, it plays multiple roles. But one of them is, yes, helping your immune system. Okay, so, sure. a, so a healthy diet can reduce your, your chances of getting cancer. Mm-hmm. What is a healthy diet? What does it consist of? That's a question a lot of people have and don't really understand. They sure do. That's probably one of the most asked questions that we get from our cancer survivors. What type of diet should I be eating? And the answer is simple. It's a plant-based diet. That doesn't mean you have to cut out all animal products. When I talk about plant-based, I'm referring to a diet that's mostly plant foods with animal products kind of as a backseat on the side um, type diet. So eating lots of fruits and vegetables and whole grains, nuts, beans, seeds, things like that, making sure that those are the majority of your diet with a little bit of animal products if you would like. So when you say mostly plant-based, can you give us a percentage? So the American Institute for Cancer Research recommends at least two-thirds of your plate or more being plant-based. So that does give you some room if you are somebody that likes animal products or meat. You can definitely fit those in. What is it about um, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts? What is it? What's in them that makes them healthy and help your immune system and prevent cancer and other diseases? So they're abundant sources of vitamins and minerals and fiber, um, but they also have phytochemicals, which are just compounds in plant foods that have health benefits. Um, They're what give plants their color, their taste, their specific smells. Um, Those are their phytochemicals. And we're seeing from some research that these could definitely play an important role in disease and cancer prevention. I've heard you you use that word before, phytochemicals, and I've been to the Garden of Hope, and they list the different phytochemicals on the different crops that they grow. So what what would be an example or two of a specific vegetable or fruit and the phytochemical that's in it and what that phytochemical does to help your immune system? Sure. So carotenoids is one example I think might be a more common one and that can be found in orange colored vegetables and red colored vegetables so um, sweet potatoes carrots um, things like that and carotenoids can as we talked about improve immune system they can work as antioxidant which can help um, kind of neutralize free radicals in our body which can cause damage so those are really important Um, also anthocyanins which you can find in 
blue, purple. Anth- anthocyanins are an- another phytochemical. Yes, they're another so phytochemical. I've never heard of that one. Yes. Anth- say that again. Anthocyanins. Okay. And they're yep. found in? They're found in blue and blue. Okay. purple pigmented vegetables and fruits. So blueberries, eggplant, um, anything that is of those colors. <laughs> so eggplant, that color is on the outside, right. but is that chemical throughout the eggplant? There it, well, you're and you're eating the skin. So as long okay. as you keep the skin on it, yes. Oh, there's Even, a key. Yes, keep the skin on yes. I know certain people peel the skin off. Right, right. Yeah, okay, you so, lose a lot of um, good phytochemicals when you do that. Purple potatoes are another one you can often find at the grocery store, at a farmer's market, um, and those anthocyanins, same kind of thing. A lot of them act as antioxidants, which help reduce... Um, damage to our cells. They can boost our immune system. They can improve our DNA. Um, so they can do lots of good things for our bodies. They're like nature's superheroes. They are. Okay. Yes. Always eat your vegetables. There you uh, go. So my grandmother and mother right. were right. It's, it's a strategy that has never failed. <laughs> and I've heard you talk about this before that not only eat your vegetables, but you want to eat the, the color of the rain, the colors of the rainbow. Yes, exactly. So all the different colors of the rainbow offer different phytochemicals and a lot of them will work synergistically together and help increase the absorption of the others. And so if you eat the colors of the rainbow, you're kind of checking off all the phytochemicals out there um, to give your body the best um, kind of boost and health that you can give. Yeah. That variety, that variety is a great, is great advice. Cause in the past, I think people got stuck on, you know, they'd have meat, potatoes, and green beans all the right. time, or meat, yes. potatoes, and corn. You know, right. it was like the same two or three vegetables yeah. as a, as only a small portion of their overall meal, but more more quantity and more variety. Absolutely. Um, one st- strategy I like to do is always have two vegetables with dinner. That way, you know, I'm mixing it up, increasing my intake, adding some color. Um, never have the same vegetable two days in a row. Kind of make it a gold to try new things when you go to the grocery store. Yeah, so there's lots of different um, ways to increase your intake and also mix up what you're eating. Ooh, this wasn't on my list of questions, but you what you just <laughs> said brought one up when you said try new things at the yes. grocery store. Give me an example of something either you just tried recently or someone in one of your classes brought to you or asked you about. What's sure. something that's kind of new and unusual that people wouldn't think of? Yeah, so one thing I recently did used was bok choy, which I've never done before, and I used it in a stir fry. So it's a leafy green that you see at the store all the time that you often pass up. Um, so I use that. Um, another one is kohlrabi, I think, that people don't often know about that when I talk about the Garden of Hope or, or eating vegetables, I bring that one up because a lot of people have never heard of it. Um, so that's one. Um, I think um, artichokes are another one that people don't always eat. Um, beets are another one. They they have a lot of nutritional value. And I think that's something that, you know, people might have tried canned beets back in the day, but never gave you know, good roasted beets a chance and think they might not like them. And I have to tell everyone, you recently gave me a great tip on how to prepare roasted beets that has changed the way I cook them. I used to cook the roast. You don't want to boil it, but right. roast the entire beet mm-hmm. whole in the oven at like 425 degrees for whatever, an hour. Yeah. But you said peel it, chop it up, 
then roast it, mm-hmm. then it, it, it has that, that caramelization on every piece, and you're right, and it's so much better. It is. It is. It's a little bit more work, but definitely worth it because it tastes so much better. And again, it gets everything red, the cutting board in it your does. hands. It does. <laughs> it definitely It's worth does. it, right? Yes. Okay. Let's switch the subject a little and talk about fiber, the, the importance of fiber. Mm-hmm. And th- there's a lot of talk about how fiber it can reduce your risk of, of colorectal cancer. Mm-hmm. How, yes. how does it do that? Yeah, so the fiber, when we eat fiber, um, there's something called um, resistant starch that kind of passes through our body undigested, and with it, it kind of pulls bacteria with it, so that can't um, stay in the colon. And so when we eat those kinds of foods, it's better for us. Also, the fiber can increase our good gut bacteria, which can play a part in reducing colon cancer as well. Um, So eating things like whole grains, lots of vegetables, fruits, beans, um, even nuts. Okay. And whole grains are are key to that. Explain, and this is, I'm a little confused. I think I understand cereal, but bread, I'm a little confused. How do you know you're getting whole grains healthy whole grains Mm -hmm. in cereal and in uh, bread. Yes. So for bread, for example, the first ingredient should say either whole wheat or whole grain. Um, That's going to mean it's predominantly a whole grain food. It might have other wheat in it, um, but the first ingredient is going to tell you what it's mostly composed of. If you see things like enriched wheat or unbleached or bleached, that does not indicate whole grain. Um, and so that first word really should be whole wheat or whole grain. And so that can kind of okay. help you find a product that's don't just look at the front, turn it over, look at the ingredients list because the front can be deceiving sometimes. And sometimes the labeling can be deceiving. Yes, absolutely. I never, I always tell people don't, don't look at the front. <laughs> it okay. really can yeah. be, um, the marketing companies really try right. to mislead you always turn things over and, and look at your ingredients. Okay. And with cereal, I mean, some things pr- I think perhaps are, are obvious like wheat checks yes. or corn checks or wheat or corn, but what else should you look for in cereal to make sure you're getting the whole grains? So most cereal that is whole grain will say whole grain um, in the ingredients list, whole grain wheat or whatever it is. Um, and then like you said, corn is another good example. So those would be whole grain varieties that you can look for. Okay. Just again, look for the whole wheat or whole grain word. So cereal and, and bread, where do they fit into a healthy diet? Uh, they can absolutely fit into a healthy diet as long as um, you're not having you know five cups of cereal or eating okay. bread all day long. They can definitely have a place um, as long as it's in moderate amounts. Um, and you definitely want it, eating whole grains over white grains is, is a great way to go when trying to increase nutrition in your diet. And for like brown rice over white rice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you got me thinking with cereal, you want a whole grain cereal. And then if you, if you add fruit to it, you're yes. even yes. in better shape. Fruit and nuts. One, one thing I often tell people is to kind of have how much cereal you're putting in and then just bulk it up with fruit and nuts. Um, and that'll give a nice crunch and then you'll get more nutrients from the nuts and the, the fruit as well. Okay. So we're recording this today. It's not really fruit season. Are, uh, if I chop up and put dried fruits, mm-hmm. dried apricots, cranberries, uh, dates, is that just as healthy as the the fresh fruit? So they are they are definitely they can definitely have a place in the diet. I I would suggest whole fruits. Um, with dried fruit, you can only have about a fourth of a cup as a serving, um, and so that's not very much. I think people like more bulk in their in their foods. To if fill it has them up. Is too much sugar and calories, it does. It has okay. a lot of and, and well again. Fruit's good. The sugar's good. 
it's pretty rare to find a dried fruit that doesn't have added sugar. Oh, it's, it's added pretty sugar. hard. Okay. Yes. So look, um, if you so look at cranberries, if you look at dried blueberries, they all have added sugar. I, I have yet to see any that don't. Um, and so that's kind of the, the okay. culprit. So it's tough in the winter to then. It is, but you can definitely buy berries or um, any pears or peaches or banana. Bananas, yeah. Bananas yeah. are always Apples, up. whatever you like and, okay. and add it. Grapefruit. Well, wouldn't add grapefruit to your cereal, but on the side. Okay. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Candace and we're going to dive into the big question about red meat. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At the James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back with Candace Schreiber. Candace is a dietitian here at the James, and we're talking a lot about all the different healthy eating options and how it can reduce or even eliminate some of your cancer risks. So, Candace, let's talk about meat, some red meat, and, and why can't I eat bacon, sausage, and deli cold cuts? <laughs> well, it's not that you can't ever eat them. They just okay. should not be a staple in your diet. Um, they should not be something that you consume on a daily or weekly basis. They should be saved for special occasions. And the reason for this is all processed meats, um, they have they have um, sodium nitrate and sodium nitrite, which is is a carcinogen and and could um, lead to cancer. And so the American Institute for Cancer Research has recommended to really eliminate processed meats in the diet. So as you mentioned, bacon, sausage, um, hot dogs, even deli meats like turkey and ham, chicken, if it's a deli meat as well, should be greatly reduced in the diet. Okay. And how about regular red meat? Where does that fit into a a healthy diet? So regular red meat can definitely be enjoyed. Again, um, what's recommended is no more than 18 ounces per week. Um, So that definitely can have a place in the leaner, the better. Um, So if you look for words that have the word loin in it, those are going to be a little bit leaner. If you're looking for ground beef, at least 90% lean and and 10% fat is what you want to aim for, if not leaner than that. Um, So those can have a place. But again, anything more than 18 ounces we've seen from research that can increase risk for colorectal cancer. So 18 ounces is a little more than a pound. Yeah. So it's, it's, so, it's quite liberal. I yeah. often recommend less than that. Um, so now because, it's interesting. You say that's quite liberal. I'm sure a lot of people say, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's not nearly enough. Yeah. But that's what's recommended. So right. it's important to, to limit yourself to that. Now, what, what is included in red meat? Which, what, different types so that's beef pork and lamb okay and i always emphasize the pork because they have a great marketing campaign that's the other white meat right exactly (laughs) Um, so beef uh pork and lamb correct so where does where do um uh, chicken and turkey fit in so those are a white meat so those don't really have any number restrictions the only kind of parameter would be to make the any kind of meat about three ounces or less per serving so about the size of your palm okay so chicken and and 
turkey are mm-hmm. okay, but yes. again, still want to you want to limit that because you right. want to if you eat too much of that, you won't be eating as many fruits it, and vegetables. Exactly, exactly. You want to fill your plate with more vegetables and just a little bit of meat. So, like the chicken and the turkey, mm-hmm. they, they have protein, which is good for mm-hmm. you, but. That's probably is that it in terms of of benefits. So that's why you shouldn't have a diet composed too much of them. Yeah, they have more than protein. They have iron and zinc okay. and other um, vitamins. So it's not that they're bad for you or, or not as good for you. They definitely have a place and can have some health benefits. Um, but we know vegetables have a lot more benefits. So that's why we encourage more of those. Most of us are eating way too much protein that we need more than we need. How much protein should we eat a day? It's dependent about your body weight. Um, and also, you know, if you are a cancer patient about to have surgery, it's going to change or after surgery. But in general, com- this is completely generalized. For women, it's about 40 to 50 grams and men about 50 to 60, 70 grams per day. But again, it's dependent on your body weight. Now, you just brought that up for cancer patients about mm-hmm. to have surgery. Where, where, how does that impact how much protein they should have? Yeah. So if you're about to have surgery or after surgery, generally we recommend more protein or more if you're going your through body. chemotherapy yeah. or radiation. Yeah, um, and you're losing weight. It just, there's a lot of factors that can definitely increase need for protein. And I'm sure when you guide people and talk them through it, although meat is one way to get the protein, you mm-hmm. can still get plenty of protein from uh, plants, nuts, whole mm-hmm. grains. Absolutely. You can definitely meet your protein needs through a vegetarian, even vegan diet by eating beans and, and nuts and even vegetables have some protein in them. Um, and so all that kind of adds up. And if you include dairy or eggs, that has protein as well. So it, it does add up to enough in your diet if you're eating those foods consistently throughout the day. You don't need meat to meet your protein needs. Okay. And there's a lot of talk about how grilling uh, red meat or any meat at a high mm-hmm. temperature can increase your cancer risk. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, so it creates compounds. The grilling specifically um, and really cooking meat to high temperature in general creates compounds that can be carcinogenic and cause um, changes in our DNA. And so we really want to limit that. There's no specific amount we should grill. There's really no, again, parameters around that. It's just kind of don't do it all the time type of thing. And if you're going to grill, choose leaner cuts of meat, marinate the meat, um, but really choose vegetables to grill. Okay. Because that's going to be better. But with meat, if you do do meat, mm-hmm. like on my grill outdoor, it mm-hmm. has a, a temperature gauge. Mm-hmm. What is, is there a recommended temperature I shouldn't go above because that would create the, those compounds? There's not. There's not a specific temperature. Um, really cooking meat, at all, um, increases even that. increases those yeah compounds. Even, so, even in the slow I mean, cooker, the slow cooker is going to be a better option. Okay. Yes, um, so slow cooking is is definitely going to be a better option. Um, but still, you you want to kind of, and that's a reason again to decrease meat intake totally um, because of those because the cooking the, of it the cooking is going to yeah, and okay. you have to cook it. You can't eat raw meat. Right? That's definitely not no, recommended. You don't do that. <laughs> um, okay, so. All right, let's change the subject to sugar. Uh, I've heard there's there's a lot of talk about how sugar fuels the growth of, of cancer cells. Is this true? Not exactly. That it's um kind of a more in depth question, I guess, than that. It can it's more of an indirect connection. You know, every cell in the body uses sugar for energy, not just cancer cells, but our regular cells use sugar for energy, and we absolutely need sugar for energy, you know, not just processed sugar that you might think of like cookies and candy and pop. Um, that's just, that gets turned to sugar, but you know, fruits and vegetables and, and good foods get turned to sugar too. Um, so we definitely need 
a balance and it's all about choosing the right kinds of sugar um, and not having too much of it. That's kind of the, the bigger picture. Um, so the wrong kind of sugar is the processed right, sugar in exactly. the packets and in the, that you pour into coffee or pour into cereal or whatever. Yes. Yes. Or uh, highly processed foods, yeah. um, as mentioned pop. Yeah. That kind of sugar is the kind that most people get too much of, and that can lead to cancer um, by increasing weight which can lead to cancer um, and so that's really it can cause an insulin response um, and so that's kind of the, the sugar you want to stay away from but definitely including fruits vegetables whole grains those are good sugars that our bodies want you just raised an excellent point when you talk about um, that increased sugar can increase someone's weight mm-hmm. and I've heard from a lot of the the doctors who've been on uh, this podcast before that obesity increases your your risk of cancer Mm -hmm. so tie that in with with a healthy diet yeah so eating a plant-based diet um, again eating lots of vegetables those are lower in calories so it's going to help you maintain a healthy weight or even lose weight Um, and if you're you know limiting processed foods and eating more you know foods that look like they grew outside you're gonna it's gonna help you maintain a, a healthier weight what what is it about obesity that increases the risk for cancer so Fat cells are metabolically active um, and can cause, you know, hormones, increase hormones in our body, which can increase risk for cancer. They can also lead to chronic inflammation, which is a risk factor for cancer. Um, and so, you know, it's it's there's about 11 cancers that are can obesity can increase risk for. And so it's 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 a big topic that we are educating people about to really get to a healthy weight and maintain throughout life a healthy weight. Yeah, I, th- I think that I've heard from some others that I think head and neck cancer mm-hmm. and some gynecologic cancers are on the, yep, actually breast on the cancer, in- and breast are on colorectal. the in- are on the increase because of, a, of increased mm-hmm. obesity yeah. rates. Yeah, so, behind smoking, that's yeah, um, the number that, one risk for cancer. Wow! So even more reason to just eat a really absolutely, healthy diet. Absolutely. So, and just to get back what you're saying about sugar, fruit has a lot of sugar, but. A whole fruit, eating actual fruit, that's okay. Yeah, because you're getting a, a lot of things along with the sugar. You're getting vitamins and minerals and fiber and phytochemicals. Um, you're not going to get that from, you know, a, a cookie. <laughs> right. Or So like, you're getting a lot more benefits from that fruit. And, and again, I've heard you talk about this before, but like when you're picking out cereal or energy bars, some of them are just jammed with sugar. Mm-hmm. So be, look at the label. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look where sugar is on the ingredients list. You know, I generally tell people... Look for if, if if there's sugar at all. Look for it lower on the list because it's going to be less less amount in there. What's nice now is that they're putting added sugars on the nutrition label, so you can see how much sugar is being added to products. Um, As opposed so, to natural sugar, correct? If there's fruit in it, correct? Um, or yogurt, for example, the lactose in yogurt is a natural sugar, and so you can see how much is naturally occurring versus how much is added sugar. And so, the lower the added sugar, the better. That's a great example. Yogurts can some of them can have 15, 16, oh, yeah. 17 grams of sugar. If not, I've seen 30. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. get the plain Greek yogurt mm-hmm. that's like three or four, and then you can add fruit exactly. and, and it sweetens it up. Yep, that's the perfect way to go. Okay. See, I learned that from you. <laughs> I don't want to take it. <laughs> so, what would be the, the healthiest fruit or two that, that people could eat? So, I mean, really all fruits and vegetables. And again, we mentioned variety. Right, variety yeah. is the key. But, you know, I, I like to tell people berries, they're. They tend to be a little bit higher in fiber than other fruits, um, and so they have a lot of nutritional value. Um, you know, apples, pears—they're all good. 
And I remember if you eat apples and pears, eat the skin. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much everything. Yeah. Except for obviously like bananas and oranges, but yeah, definitely eat the skin of your vegetables or your, and your fruits. Let's switch over to soy. There's a lot of talk about soy and the connection to uh, breast cancer, I think. So can anyone and cancer patients eat soy products? Absolutely. This is my number one probably question I get from from survivors, specifically breast cancer survivors, is can I eat soy? My doctors told me I can't, but you can definitely eat soy. We have lots and lots of research now to show that soy is safe and even healthy for survivors, for cancer prevention, for anybody. Um, Plant-based, soy is plant-based and it's a protein. So it's a great replacer for meat products. Um, So I definitely encourage people, all walks of life, whether you've had cancer or not cancer, um, to consume soy in the form of whole soy products. So tofu, edamame, soy milk, things like that. Not soy supplements. We don't want to have any of those. Is there a limit on how much soy someone can or should eat? Generally, we say three servings a day, but you know, most people don't that's even. A, yeah, that's a lot, right? Most people don't even eat that much, so okay. I don't really stress the limit. You mentioned supplements. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, are supplements good for protein? For all you know, all these different. There, I mean, there's a thousand different supplements. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend them to to anyone and to cancer patients? We don't. Um, Food first is kind of the mantra that we go by um, because you get a lot more benefits from food first. Um, And so there's not any supplements that we recommend for cancer prevention or survivorship. With that being said, you know, a multivitamin or specific vitamins and minerals are absolutely needed for certain people. Um, You know, some people might be recommended a calcium or vitamin D supplement or folic acid. Um, So there's definitely times in your life when you do need a vitamin or even just a multivitamin is fine to take. But other than that, I, I don't usually recommend that people take any other kind of supplements. We just don't have any evidence that they're effective and they can actually be harmful. Ooh, how, how can they be harmful? Well, they're not regulated and, you know, oh, they can interact right. with medication. Okay. You, they can interact with um, cancer treatment, with chemo and radiation. Um, and so they're, we generally tell people to kind of stay away from the supplements besides the multivitamin. So is that something that uh, nutritionists and oncologists ask their their patients Absolutely. is what supplements you're taking yes. and then get them off them because that could inter- impact their, their treatment. Their treatment, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. not all supplements will impact, but there there definitely are some. And any kind of high doses of antioxidants or powders, um, all things like that can um, definitely interfere with treatment. So talk to your nutritionist, talk to your oncologist. Yes, always let them know if you're taking a supplement. Okay. Alcohol. Can, can cancer patients uh, drink alcohol? So the American Institute of Cancer Research, um, one of their guidelines for cancer prevention and survivorship is not to drink alcohol, actually. Um, None is best. However, if you do drink alcohol, no more than one a day for women and no more than two a day for men. That's cancer patients? That's everybody. Oh, everybody. Yes. But but cancer patients in particular are told not to drink. Yeah, generally, yes. um, Avoid alcohol, yes. But... Again, if they do, we definitely want to keep it within those parameters. Okay. I've been hearing a lot about these um, alkaline drinks and that they have all these tremendous health benefits, including cancer, immune, building your immune system, which in turn could help with cancer. Are, are, is this accurate? No. Okay. <laughs> in <All> short, right. <laughs> um, there's really no evidence behind all those types of drinks. You know, our body does a great way of kind of balancing out um, our acidity and alkalinity. And so we don't really need any kind of drinks or food. 
or any kind of plant waters. There's really not a lot of evidence behind them. Are they harmful? Probably not, but they're probably just going to harm your wallet more than okay. your, what, your body. What, what are a couple examples of these drinks that, that you can drink if you want, but aren't going to really Yeah, so help? like you said, the alkaline water, um, aloe vera water is another type of plant water that I've seen. Um, okay. Those are kind of ones that I've... But hydration is important for everyone. And per- Absolutely. And I think it's even more important when, when you're in cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. How sh- what should people drink to stay hydrated that's, that's healthy? Yeah, plain water. Okay. Yeah, you can add some, you know, fruit in it, some lemon slices, some cucumber, strawberries, whatever you like to drink it. Um, but really, we should be hydrating ourselves with water. Unsweet tea is great too. Oh, I'm glad you said tea because I drink a lot, particularly mm-hmm. in the colder months. I drink a yeah. lot of herbal tea. Yes, yeah, tea's great. Okay. Tea also has phytochemicals in it and antioxidants, so it's I'm definitely beneficial drinking, as long as you're not loading it with sugar. I'm drinking right now. I got at the cafe here a lemongrass tea. Is that nice. any good? Yeah, I've never had it before. Okay, it sounds good. So it's natural. nutritionally, it should have a phytochemical mm-hmm. in it. Okay. Yes, excellent. What about seeds like flax seeds, chia seeds? Are mm-hmm. they where do they fit in? Yeah, they're definitely um, have health benefits. You know. Flaxseed and chia seeds both have protein in them. They have good fats, the omega-3 fats in them. And so I tell people, you know, add them to your smoothie, add them to your cereal, your oatmeal, anything that you like to, that they could definitely be part of a healthy diet. Right, because it's not something you just eat. Cause they right, no. Yeah, but <laughs> no, add like a little, so a, a tablespoon, a teaspoon to yes. smoothies, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, ginger, I've been, I've been hearing that ginger is good for uh, inflammation. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Um. There, there might be some studies on, on ginger and inflammation. Really, phytochemicals in general, which you get from spice, not just vegetables and fruit, but spices as well, um, can be beneficial for that. Um, but ginger specifically is good for nausea. Oh, okay. And so sometimes we'll tell cancer patients that are having nausea to try some ginger. Ginger tea? Ginger tea, or, uh, even like little ginger candies can- um, or ginger snaps. Can, can help with that nausea. That's a great point because a lot of cancer patients because of their treatment are feeling mm-hmm. uh, sick mm-hmm. to their stomach and can't eat. How do, how do you help them? Other Ginger uh, is obviously one. But besides ginger, yeah. What, what eating else? more bland foods, okay. um, things that aren't highly spiced, eating very small amounts more often throughout the day than eating larger meals. Sometimes I tell people even to like set a timer for eating if they have no appetite. That way they don't skip any meals. Okay. Is there is there anything you've noticed? And I'm just curious that cancer patients who are struggling to eat is there any certain foods that they just really turns their stomach? Um, it, it's it, really individualized. It, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you it's know. almost the opposite. Everyone craves something different. Everyone rejects something different. Right. Yes. It, it's it's but, very different. But it's so important for cancer patients to stay hydrated, to stay yes. eat nutritious meals to help their bodies Absolutely. fight their cancer. One major thing I often hear is, you know, food just doesn't taste the same anymore yeah. after treatment. And so we work with them looking at ways to increase flavor with herbs and spices or... But not sugar and butter. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there could be a place for that if they're losing weight, but generally uh, not. Okay. <laughs> So I want to finish up with a little contest with you. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. And I had time to think about this, so I'll let you go first. Okay. Come up with uh, the healthiest possible meal that someone could eat for lunch or dinner that has 
the colors of the rainbow, a variety of phytochemicals, Mm -hmm. just something that not, you don't have to be a gourmet chef to cook, but Mm -hmm. just an example of something I I know you for your family, you're the the cook and you cook very nutritious meals. What's an example of your most nutritious meal that your family likes? You're probably going to know, but I'm going to say grain bowl. I, 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 <laughs> wrote, I, I even wrote it. That. I knew you were going to say grain bowls. Cause, <laughs> yes. Yes. I have to confess because you talk about that all the we time. Do. But tell us a little yes. bit. You have a great way of, of, of making it so it, you can spread it out over a week and includes mm-hmm. incorporate so many different uh, fruits and vegetables in it. So explain how you do your grain bowl yes. for like a week. Yeah. So I'll either I'll start with a, a base, which is a whole grain. So either quinoa or farro or brown rice, whatever that might be. You make extra. You can make lots of that. So you can have it multiple days. And then you do roasted veggies. So you can I usually do a combination. Um, so I'll do, you know, beets and carrots or I'll do broccoli and cauliflower. A lot of times I like to add in some red onion. Sometimes I'll do um roasted kale with roasted tomatoes mm. it, it can be anything you you really can't choose something wrong there and then after the roasted veggies i do roasted chickpeas so i'll take chickpeas and just roast them in the oven with a little bit of garlic powder cumin chili powder and then sometimes i make like a, to- a topping sauce with that sometimes i don't it just depends a topping sauce sometimes i'll do like tahini maple syrup and lemon juice kind of mix together and pour that over Sometimes it's as easy as taking hummus and just diluting it with some water to make it thinner and spreading that over. Sometimes it's a balsamic glaze or sometimes it's nothing. And your kids like this. They do. So they don't eat it all together like me and my husband do, but they'll eat each separate thing. Yes. (laughs) They love roasted vegetables. Okay. So you win, but, but I knew you were going to say it. So I had, so, and I too, you've gotten me into the, yes. the grain bowl habit and I make do it all the time. And I, do, and I don't know if you do this, I'll mix my grains together in the pot, like okay. two or three of them and make the big pot. Yeah. But, but I've here, never done that, but that sounds great. Oh, I've, oh, maybe you can probably <laughs> yes. learn a tip from yes. cooking tip from me. But here's my version of the healthiest meal. It's, uh, you get your a biggest pot you have, put a couple quarts of water in it mm-hmm. and and a can of crushed tomatoes and like a couple lentils. And then you start putting, looking through the refrigerator and the, and the cabinet and putting your root vegetables, some sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have some squash, cut that up, cube, cube everything up, mm-hmm. some carrots, some red peppers, yeah. uh, some spinach, some bok choy, yeah. uh, some onions, some garlic, even a little ginger. Just mm-hmm. simmer them all for an hour and then get your immersion blender and grind Blend it, it all up, up into a yeah. thick thick soup and mm-hmm. and add a little salt and pepper and there you go you have yeah. soup for four or five days yeah sounds like what i'm making for dinner oh lentil okay. chili there you go <laughs> so i think that the point is though that um eating healthy is not that hard <laughs> it's not it's not i think people overthink it sometimes it's just, you know it's as simple as roasting some vegetables adding a whole grain and some beans and that's it, it doesn't have to be fancy and it, and it will make you feel better and you will be healthier right absolutely okay Thank you for being on the podcast and sharing all these these tips, and maybe we'll have to have you back to talk some more. Well, thank you for having me. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.